You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. So here we are, preaching on purpose this morning. So as I go just in these first couple things and you hear the, the stuff, I just want you to hear there's five things. You guys can take a seat. Come on, sit down so you could like absorb this. I want you to absorb it. Chris, welcome back. Look at this. They recognize her. She just got married back from her honeymoon. Come on. What, 10 days married? How many days married? 15 days married. Does she look good? I'm telling you, anointing. If you're single, where's Connor Mead? Come on, let's get him wrapped up today. Just come talk to me afterwards. We're going to sign the deal on that. Congratulations, young lady. That's amazing. I love it. Up here worshiping just back from a honeymoon. 15 days. Who said it wouldn't last? (laughs) Purpose. Five things real quick on purpose. And then I'll let this incredible worship team go. I had a a pastor just come up for me from another church on sabbatical. He goes, I got permission, but I came to your church for four weeks on sabbatical and it changed my life. But I'm an armor bearer for my pastor. And so I asked them with permission to bring my worship team today. And I did the first service and they said they were wrecked. They were wrecked. And I, what I love about that, you gotta understand, we're a big C church. Awakened Church is a church plant, but this other church has nothing to do with Awakened Church. Just said, we wanna get around something because we see the anointing on this house. And they're gonna grab a piece of that and go back and blow their place up, which I love it in a good way. Open the doors. They want, that's iron sharpening iron. And we're all doing it as pastors together, doing it as a, as a congregation together. But I love this. When I was on this new software doing a study on purpose, these five pillars were highlighted to me that we're called, we're all on purpose. And these are the five things that God pretty much biblically was trying to teach me through these purpose sets. Purpose one, you were planned for God's pleasure, meaning worship. That's why worship's so important. No other mammal worships, but we worship. We have a language, we worship. You know, you don't see a dog worshiping. Might howl at the moon. Might do a downward dog. But we worship. We are created to be worshipers. Purpose number two, you were formed for God's family. That means the church, the body of Christ. We all have a gift. And when you bring those gifts together, we make up something epic and the gates of hell can't withstand what we're about to do. We take the kingdom by force, but that's as a church collectively. Purpose three, you were created to become like Christ. That's discipleship in Matthew 28, 19. It says, therefore go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We're created to make disciples. That's why we have our DNA courses. We don't want you just to attend church. We want to get the DNA, your purpose out, the gifts out, for you to share your gifts with the world. That's what this is about, equipping you. Purpose number four, you were shaped for serving God. That's ministry. Every one of you are called ministry, whether it's the marketplace, preachers, teachers, prophets, apostles, you have a gifting on you. We got to help cultivate that. Proverbs 16, 3. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. When you could 
serve another man's vision or woman's vision, you're gonna get your own vision. So many people walking around visionless because they've never served anyone else's vision. You reproduce where you're at. Where have you served? Another man's vision or another woman's vision? God will give you your own. And number five, the one I'm gonna preach on today, you were made for a mission. That's evangelism. That's a purpose. See, there was a purpose-driven book that was written, and it was amazing, obviously. Never written a book that sold more than one copy. I had to give my book out. But what I love about it, that, but then I was doing this biblical study, and we're not called to be purpose-driven. We're called to live on purpose. So many times we get the identity messed up. But we are called to our purpose, not driven by it. Purpose informs us, but it doesn't demand us or drive us. So today, the whole message is like, what does it mean to live on purpose? Purpose is our spiritual DNA. We are born with it. You were created. In Jeremiah 1.5, it says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. We're called to prophesy over our life. What are we prophesying? Do you like what you got? We've got to be careful what we're prophesying. Life, life and death, like Mike said, of the tongue. We've got to prophesy life. What happens is when you wake up and you're just the best version of yourself, that's living on purpose. And then God's gonna start equipping you, staying on purpose. But we can get caught up thinking a job. A job is not your purpose. We can work out our expression of purpose, but that's not our purpose. You were born on purpose. You have the DNA of a king. You're sons and daughters of a king. And today we're just gonna unlock that. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you right now. Unlock the hearts. God, I break those things down. I come against that blocking spirit in the name of Jesus. God, we break fear this morning. We break anxiety. God, we just ask, Lord, that you minister to us. Give us peace this morning so we receive your word. God, I thank you, Lord, that hearts and minds are open today, that we're an on-purpose church. We're on-purpose kids, Lord, just trying to work this thing out. God, we thank you, Lord, for the journey. God, we thank you that you're revealing truths to us today to equip us on how to change a world that desperately needs to know you, Jesus. We give you honor, and everybody said amen. All right, worship team, thank you. I feel better already. Uh-huh. Aren't they good? Come on. Seriously, we are blessed. All right, so we're gonna figure out this whole thing this morning, but in Proverbs 16, nine, the heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes the steps. If God's before you, who can be against you? So we just gotta, we're gonna have a checks and balances. How much of this do we believe this morning? In Proverbs 19, 21, many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it's the purpose of the Lord that will stand. So the title of my message, if you choose to accept it, is Be a Lighthouse be a lighthouse. That's why I said, I've got the power. I've got the power. Now, you might be like, what the heck? So what happened was I was doing this study, whole thing on purpose came up. Then I'm reading this, this scripture that Paul gave, and he was speaking to the, the Greeks at the time. 
and he was in Greece and he was speaking this. I'm like, huh, I wonder why he said that. And he gave a reference. So this new reference guide, man, I'm digging down. Next thing you know, rabbit trail here, rabbit trail here. Check this out. And then I'm geeking out all night long last night. Anyways, the only, only person that gets that is my wife because it's so annoying to her. She'd be like, can't you just come to bed? Babe, I'm on something. It's like, hold on. It's almost pulling it a rabbit out of the hat. You know, it kept coming. But Philippians 2.15 in the New Living Translation said, so that no one can criticize you live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Not much has changed since way back when Paul was preaching, okay? It's not like these are like new things. It's not like the devil's gotten more crafty. Matter of fact, he's just using the same game plan he's used for thousands of years to trip us up, trip us up. And you figure, you know, he's been around thousands of years, like, man, I don't even need to switch up my game plan. This stuff keeps working. But Paul's sitting here telling the Greeks, like, listen, you got to be a shining bright light in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Then he gives this reference to the Colossus of Rhodes, which is the entrance to the Greek islands, which is so impressive. And I think we have this picture. Check this picture out. Yep, this is a, and then it went black. Oh, there it is. And I know Alex was a little offended by the angle, so I apologize. <laughs> but this is one of the ancient seven wonders of the ancient world. Well, I just want to point it out. I mean, get the elephant out of the room. It's the only one we could find. So listen, it was erected in 280 BC. It was around the Greek mythology, and they were saying that this is a lighthouse. This is what a lighthouse looks like. So all the Greeks were enamored by this. It is impressive. It's a gigantic brass man, 98.4 feet tall. On the pillars, its total is 126 feet tall, through which the legs, the ships would sail, and on the very top, it would burn a fire. Do you imagine trying to get the firewood up there? I was just thinking, that's problems. This is before elevators, people. This is like 280 BC. Can you imagine? I'd be like, bro, you should go. I'm going to take this one. I'm going to take this one off. You go. Let me know how the view is. Okay. But I love it because it stood on these blocks of white marble and it acted this lighthouse and all the ships would see it. And so the Greeks, because it was after one of the Greek gods, they were so into this mythology. They, they, that's their lighthouse. And then as I went further down this, I was thinking to myself, how misled were they that this lighthouse is gonna be their savior? This lighthouse, okay, I'm glad it got the ships into safety. We still use lighthouses around the world. But this is how crazy. The lighthouse power today I love it. It's one million candle power. What's that mean? It means if you had a hundred watt light bulb, that's a hundred candles. So you get a million of these things. That's the watts generated on the lighthouses today. Shining through fog, through chaos, through storms, trying to direct people to be a lookout for them. But see, biblically, Paul was trying to give them some lessons about being a light in a dark world. And he's saying, listen, live clean, innocent lives as children, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. See, we live in a chaotic world right now. We live in a world that is becoming numb with all this anxiety and stress. So my point number one, a lighthouse is surrounded, but unshaken. Wow. 
A lighthouse is built upon a rock some distance from the shore. It's on its own tiny island, completely encircled by the sea, but still stands and shines bright in a chaotic world. We are called to be the light of the world. But what happens is, Paul's trying to give this description, crooked or warped or perverse or corrupt. It's not much different today, but as Christians, we're called to be that light. But are we folding like a deck chair? Are we folding to the fear, whether it's money, getting caught up in social media? Even right now, and I know this is a sensitive subject, the coronavirus. It's amazing that Costco sold out of all waters. There's lines around the block. All toilet paper's gone. Like, you're going to lock yourself at home and be safe. Now, listen, I'm a doctor. Wash your hands, people. But I'm telling you, we have fear of a microbe that is keeping people paralyzed. That within the last week, there has been more prescription drugs for anxiety, depression, okay, sold than in the first quarter of the entire year. Google it. They said that people are trying to get in to see their doctors, not to get some magic potion, lotion, or pill, but to take care of the anxiety that this is causing them gripped in fear. A man came up to me afterwards saying that he, uh, he's a SEO guy for the computers. His name's Eddie. And he was telling me how he didn't know he was starting to get gripped in fear. And he was looking up, trying to find solutions for fear and anxiety because he was waking up in the middle of the night. Or he said he slowly got, he didn't realize it. And then he corrected it through prayer and beating this thing down, but he didn't know. So he's doing his Google search. And he said, it's been interesting to see the spike over the years and within the last couple of years, it's gone directly up like this. And he goes, I'm an SEO guy. It's amazing how many people in the world are searching for answers around fear and anxiety. But yet this is the greatest hope dealership in the world. You know, I pride myself like, listen, I have an office, an office that we call ourselves a hope dealership, and this levels that thing up by a notch. You guys are hope dealers, but the question is, are you buckling to fear? Are you part of the problem, not the solution? I just want to read this in context for you because I'm not judging even the disciples were gripped in fear when they're out on their own boat and Jesus was in the front of it asleep. They were buckled in fear, calling Jesus out and he got up and said, peace be still and everything stopped. Sometimes we need a little peace be still in our life. Do you know him? Is he your prince of peace? And I want to read this to you, Psalm 91. In context, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I will trust him for he will rescue me from every trap and protect me from the deadly disease. He will cover me with his feathers. He will shelter me with his wings. His faithful promises are mine, armor and protection. I am not afraid of the terrors of at night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at my side, 10,000 are dying around me. These evils will not touch me. Just open my eyes and see how wicked are punished. If you make the Lord, he's my refuge. If you make the most high your shelter, he's my shelter. No evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home for he will order his angels to protect me wherever I go. They will hold me up with their hands, so I won't even hurt my foot on a stone. I will trample on lions and cobras. I will crush fierce lions and serpents under my feet, even though I like lions. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. They will call on me, I will answer. Not I might answer, I will answer. 
I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I'll reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Listen, Psalm 91 needs to get in our spirit. It can't be a Psalm that we read, that we throw up on our mirror. We have to own it, believe it, flex on it, chew it up, and eat that verse if you have to. It says, get the word on the inside of you. Because then when that storm comes and beats against your lighthouse, you're unshakable. Why is this important? Listen, I'm going to play a video right now called Lost in This World. It is in your face. But this is what's really happening. And if it's not you, what about your kids? If it's not your kids, what about your neighbor's kids? What about your kids' friends? You think you're going to live in a bubble? No, I refuse to. I want my kids to be lights in a dark world. But we got to get the reality of this truth. When you understand this truth, it will start to build a why on the inside of you. And without the why, there's no comply. Why do you want to live a life on purpose? Why do you want to be on purpose? Why do you want to get lit on the inside of you to read your word, to get to prayer, even when you're tired, to get here early for worship, maybe to come back for a second time on a service? Because there is a world that is craving and dying, and they need more than Google. They need more than a lotion, potion, and pill. Let's watch this video.
powerful video, but it's so true. See, when your purpose is bigger than your problems, you don't have time to get tired. When your purpose is bigger than your problems, you don't have time to sit there and stare about how big the problems or the mountains are in front of you. You find a solution. When you're around the right people, when you're planted in the right house, the house of transformation, the house of faith, when you're flexing that muzzle on a Tuesday, even though you're tired, even though you need breakthrough, you get around the right people, one word from heaven can change everything in your life. I, I love the fact that this guy sat down, he saw the issue, and then he, do you know how hard animation is? I mean, that, that's a real reality, and he put countless hours to put that together to deliver a message. And as painful as that to see, that's how numb the world is. And they're waiting for somebody to wake them up. You think a million power candlelight wattage in their face will wake them up? I'd like to say so. It should stir something this. It's okay to get righteous anger. If you don't like your circumstance, change your circumstance. How? You get to the house of God. God will reveal wisdom. You get in the word of God. He'll give you revelation. This isn't just a logos word, which means what is, the, what is the word of God saying? Okay, this is what the word of God said. It's rhema, which is what the word of God is saying right now relative to you and me. It says a thing, and it's alive and powerful. But most people don't do that. They're like, oh, it's a history book. No, it's not. This is the word of God. It applies today, yesterday, and forever. And we just got to get it in our spirit. It's a weapon. So we just got to make sure. I love this that if you want to read that story, I think it's important to understand that even the disciples, and, and I don't want you, this isn't condemnation, because hey, if the disciples were still living in fear, they were hanging out with Jesus for three years, let me just tell you that the same disciples were on the boat when the storm was coming, okay? They had a shift because those same disciples, after they saw their savior raised from the dead, their injection of faith was so strong, they were unshakable. They were, they were okay with being martyred, to death because of the gospel of good news. How did that shift happen? It's because their faith changed because they started flexing a muscle. And it doesn't matter where you're at, but it does matter where you're going. And I think it's so important to get that. Number two, a lighthouse is built on a rock. Doesn't matter what the seas look like. It doesn't matter how big the storm says. Your house on a rock is built. Matthew 7, 24, I love this. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on a solid rock, though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on the rock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't apply it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house or a lighthouse on a sand beach. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Tap into wisdom. It's access to every single one of us. Build your house on a rock. How do you do it? That's why we have the DNAs. That's why we have the pathways. That's why we have a freedom night. It's amazing how many people like, are like, oh, yeah, I got busy. But you need a breakthrough. You need a miracle. I know people that I've taken care of that come in to freedom night and get their miracle. Yeah, right. They get the revelation. They get set free. They get delivered. They get healed. They get restored. But yet they were busy. This is where we got to do a better church as a lighthouse communicating what's freedom night. Because if I knew I was going to get freedom, and let me know, I got my freedom at a freedom night. And I'm thinking to myself, is it worth it to take work off? What's work going to do for me? 
It's just, I'm just giving a revelation. It's not condemnation. I'm just saying it's our fault. It's my fault. I take responsibility for not communicating the power of a freedom night because if someone just thought, yeah, I got busy. I was in traffic, so I turned around. Then it's my fault for not giving the reason why to get your freedom. Now, the devil's going to do every reason not to get there. But if I told you the devil's going to work overtime. Now, if you had a flat tire, what are you going to do? I had a flat tire. Is that how easy you're taking out? It's amazing. Most couples, they only fight on the way to church. They had a great week. It was marital bliss until Sunday morning. <laughs> they got in such a fight, either the wife's walking home and they're like not coming. Yeah. I know people that have sat out in the car. How do I know? Because I've gone out to my car before, seen a couple fighting in the parking lot, went up to them, I'm like, what's up, guys? <laughs> yeah. The devil's messing with you. Let me pray real quick. Pray peace. Guess what? They're in the house. It's the enemy is going to do whatever he can to destroy your life. How easy are we going to fold like a deck chair? Or are we going to build our house on a rock? Listen, this shipwrecked sailor who had been found clinging to a rock was asked, weren't you afraid? Weren't you gripped with fear? Yes, I was, but the rock wasn't, so I held on. So then down another rabbit trail, I said, I wonder what the strongest muscle in the body is or in the world. And it's actually a little thing called a limpet this little thing in the ocean called a limpet. Okay, what's a limpet? I'm glad you asked. Engineers, this is why you don't give software to me, and I start geeking out. <laughs> Engineers in the UK found that the limpet's teeth consist of the strongest biological material ever tested. Wow. So guess what? It has the strongest grip in the world. I want to be a limpet. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just hold on to the rock, which is Christ. Come on, somebody. So we can't get taken out. Listen in John 10, 28, in the Passion Translation, I give them, it says, I give to them the gift of eternal life and they will never be lost and no one has the power to snatch them out of my hands. My Father who has given them to me as his gift is the mightiest of them all and no one has the power to snatch them from my Father's care. Listen, there's no need to be anxious about a sea. Just hold on. We got to learn to hold on and build it on a rock. This is why no wonder the psalmist said, let me lead me to the rock that is higher than I. That's Jesus. Let's just hold on to Jesus. We'll weather every storm. He's our rock. He's our salvation. I love this as I wrap this up. An actual transcript of the U.S. Navy ship with a Canadian. This is what I love it. In 1995, U.S. ship. Please divert your course 15 degrees to the north to avoid collision. Canadians, recommend you divert your course 15 degrees to the south to avoid collision. U.S. ship, this is the U.S., the captain of the U.S. Navy ship, I say again, divert your course. Canadians, no, I say again, you divert your course. U.S. ship, this is the aircraft carrier USS Abraham Lincoln, the second largest ship in the United States Atlantic fleet. We are accompanied by three destroyers, three cruisers, and numerous support vessels. I demand that you change your course 15 degrees north. That's one five degrees north or countermeasures will be undertaken to ensure the safety of this ship. Canadians, this is a lighthouse, your call. <laughs> Build your house on a rock. You're unshakable. You're not gonna change. Three, a lighthouse is entrusted to be the light. You are the light. You are the light. The devil's a liar. You are the light. Paul says, shine his lights. That is the function of a lighthouse. It is built and de designed to shine and shine bright. 
Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That's Jesus. And John 8, 12, I love this. It says, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That's for every one of us. You've got the light if you've got Jesus. I've got the power. Do you believe it this morning, church? Come on, somebody. Listen, there's just three things I want to leave you with. We're called to be the light. And that light is to be a warning light, a guiding light, and a bright light. Be a warning light. Be a guiding light to your friends. And be a bright light in a world like that video needs a bright light. I'd rather them Google anxiety, depression, and they find awakened church, that we wake them up to what the devil's trying to do to destroy their life. I love you in this in Matthew, it says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. The verse before that is talking about being the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses the flavor, how can it be seasoned? Let me tell you something. So many churches that don't want to be the salt or the light, they want to be friendly. Listen, we want to be friendly. We're not throwing Bibles. We're not judging. There's no condemnation. But listen, we speak bold truth. I refuse to have a church that wants to watch online because there's so fear of a microbe that they can't leave the house. They're giving power to the enemy that's gonna restrict them in fear. It's gonna shrink them back. Instead of praying, having wisdom, discernment, being bold and courageous, praying Psalm 91 over their house, taking communion. You want, you want, you want to know some lotion, potion, or pill that's greater than all these things? Go to home today and take communion. If you've had fear around this whole thing, take communion. Turn off the television. Put the word of God on, put worship music on. There's a new one by Elevation and Carrie Job. It's called The Blessing. It just wrecked me. I'm like, I can't even message prep. I'm crying. And all it is is a declaration. This song is so powerful, and it's a declaration over your house, over your family. It's an amen. You've got the power. You've got the power. Here's what the message version says, and I'll wrap it. Here's another way to put it. You are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as a public, as a city on a hill. If I make you light bears, you don't think I'm gonna hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm gonna put you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous, be generous with your lives. Be open to others. You'll prompt people to be open to God. This generous Father in heaven, they need to know. If you have the light of the world, you are the light of the world. It's time to prophesy, you do have the answer. Now, I'm not saying your life has to be all together. You just have to be once. Don't let the devil shame you, take you out and say, oh, when I get my life together. No, we come to the house and God puts it together. He directs our paths. You just gotta get here. You just gotta bring people. You, you are the mission. Doesn't mean, it's amazing people wanna say they're a Christian. I was one of them, because my life wasn't perfect. 
It's still not perfect, but I realized if I can just get one more to the house, if I can get one more to DNA, if I can get one more to freedom, if I can bring one more friend to Lucas Connell tonight, if I can get them their freedom, if, I, if Lucas Connell, man, he got set free from an addiction in one moment. How many friends do we know are walking through addiction? I had a man come to me at men's prayer and he said, I just broke a 25 year addiction, sexual immorality. And he had no shame around it because he got healed and delivered at men's prayer. And he came up to me, he goes, this is the first time I've been able to confess it. I feel so, he looked like joy all over his face. I'm like, could you imagine 25 years? He said he almost took his life multiple times because of the shame he was walking in. Doesn't matter where you're at, but it does matter where you're going. You're called to be the light of the world. You're a lighthouse, Jesus on the inside of you. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.